Welcome to the Sherlux Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Korochkol. This week I'm joined by Maya Lucky and Astrid Carter. So first of all, are we allowed to talk about Love Island every week? I think it's I totally think we allowed. allowed. <laughs> I mean, we watch it every single night, so let's, why not? Talk about it every single I, I actually don't watch it every night. I oh. when everyone got excited about it in the office, I gave it a go. And, and it's just it's you, not for me. Wow. So you don't think you'd be persuaded with a couple of episodes. I mean I know it's ridiculous. I want to take you down value, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just found myself like on my phone the whole time. Did you? Like, there's not really much point in me watching this. I get so obsessed with I like, know. I just shout at the TV at times. <laughs> I'm such an all or nothing. I am now feel like I'm invested in it and I've got to keep watching it. You need to be in the nerve, yeah. But also I realised what Laura was talking about the other day on when she referred to the fact that it's not on, on a Saturday night. We got to Saturday and Jamesy was like, Is Love Island not on? We're <laughs> <laughs> like, quite hungover fans in Love Island. And I was like, No, it's not on on a Saturday, it's the roundup. I know, it's a bit disappointing when you get to that day. I saw a girl watching it on the tube this morning. I was like, no. That's a bit risky. Wow. Oh, do you think? So I watched well, it in I was the gym. Peering over her phone. So I went to the gym at 7 o'clock this morning with my iPad and watched Love Island, which I've now worked out I can toggle my phone and my iPad so that I can watch it in the gym because ITV you can't download. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. So I was watching it in the gym and I was like, oh, do you think anyone could see me watching Love Island on the bit, on the bit and then I need to like look away? Anyway, you're judging that girl on the tube. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't judging her. I'm happy for her to watch it, but I don't think I'd watch it on the tube just in case something risque happened. Well, love it or hate it, it is a serious bit of escapism and we wrote a piece on seven reasons to watch it. The first one was there's genuine romance. Is there genuine romance? I think for the time that they're in there, they are so convinced that this is like, you know, the be all and end all, they've found their true love, but then what happens on the outside? They have nothing else to concentrate on, so. Yeah, I thought Ken was going to dump Amber the other day. I thought Amber was playing Ken. Yeah. But actually she was quite upset when it seemed like he was going to dump her. I think she was playing him and then she obviously... Sorry, Astrid. (laughs) She got a bit scared. What's your take on Liv and Mike and Chris? Oh. Who would you go for out of Chris and Mike? On looks, I'd go for Mike, but now I find him a bit creepy. Oh, He's wow. boring. None of them are attractive. Chris is quite attractive. One. Chris and Mike are quite attractive, yeah. and they're both after this one girl. Yeah. And to be fair, she's very pretty. She's insane, yeah. I would switch now. For Chris. Would you? Yeah, definitely. I think he's funny. <laughs> and what about Jess and Dom? Sorry, last one. What about Jess and Dom? <laughs> At times I'm like, yes, they're solid. And then other times I'm like, no, I don't trust Jess. Like, I feel like she could yes, be persuaded. Yeah, I reckon if Mike had picked her, yeah. she was off. Yeah. Or if Olivia and her didn't have such a um, connection, then she probably would have gone for it. Yeah. I quite like Dom though. I think Dom's quite hot. I just don't like when he smiles. <laughs> I'm really he's funny. Anyway, That's so funny. Highbrow. But genuine romance, full of sexy stuff. Yeah, hence I should perhaps keep my head down and watch it in the gym. <laughs> um, eye candy plenty. It's a trip down memory lane. If you yearn for your hedonistic university days, mine were not like Love Island. Mine neither. <laughs> mine definitely weren't. Love Island is the perfect nostalgia. We ran a piece on what it's really like to be a yoga teacher. And I think this was interesting because I guess we're in this world where everyone has to sort of follow their dream. And it was really interesting to hear about how she has followed her dream. Um, She worked for Deliciously Ella. Um, She said she was her first employee and that really taught her a lot about doing something varied and flexible and creative. And for her, yoga seemed to kind of fit into that. It was an inspiring piece and she talked us through her day to day. Um, You know, she gets up at six, she teaches classes, um, etc. There are a couple of points in there that I thought made me think when I read it that it is still a job. And as much as you might have this kind of romantic idea of a career path you want to follow and we are in this world where anyone can create a brand and turn sort of a freelance career into a full-blown business ultimately you still have to work really hard yeah and she said you know training to be a yoga teacher is a big investment she said the challenge and this really struck me as well that the most challenging aspect is being able to switch off and she said my work came out something I love but it's 
it's really important to find a distinction between work time and personal time and she's not very good at setting boundaries. I think if you do something on your own or you follow that path, you have to be someone who has such a strong work ethic if you really mm, want to make yeah, it. Definitely. Because there's working for someone else when you can walk out of the office and not think about it and switch off and not give up your personal life. But I think when you do something like this, more entrepreneurial, you do have to be prepared to give up a bit of your personal life. Mm because you're already going to make a go of it. Just in case you're thinking of starting anything, <laughs> bear that in mind. What's your sort of dream? If the world is your oyster, what would you do? I don't think, well, it's not my dream now, but when I was a bit younger, I really wanted to be a florist. And Did this you? was way before, like, floristry was cool. Now there's, like, tons of cool florists yeah. out there. I remember my mum always saying to me, she was like, Astrid, you don't want to be a florist. You have to get up really early. You have to drive a white van. You have to work in a cold, <laughs> cold studio. And, like, your hands will get all horrible. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I should rethink that one. Really? I think that's but, really interesting. But no, I was really into it. And I looked all the courses and stuff. I'm pleased yeah. I didn't now, but yeah. I'm happy just to go and get some nice flowers. Although it's interesting that if you think of floristry 15 years ago, it wasn't that sort of sexier career. Now it really is a sexy mm. career. Yeah. And anything that kind of traditionally wasn't now is and has that potential because anyone can be a brand. Like a nutritionist. Yeah. When was that ever sexy yeah. or cool? Now, you know, you just have to go on Instagram and there's a million Absolutely. cool brands. Well, what about you, Maya? Is there anything that you have well, dreamt about doing? I'm going to sound so uninspiring now, but I don't have this massive dream of in one particular area. I just am massively interested in climbing the corporate ladder and being at the helm of something. I'm not necessarily, you know, into flowers or, <laughs> or fashion. I want to be a designer, nothing like that. I just want to run a business. So you're motivated by having a successful career? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think I was a bit the same. I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur, but I wanted to be successful. And I was at Coty. I actually wanted to work for prison service when I was oh, yes, 18. <laughs> um, I also wanted to be a makeup artist. And my dad said no to going to London College of Fashion and doing it. And this was way before, you know, the days of Charlotte Tilbury mm, or any yeah. like high profile makeup artists. And I used to do everyone's makeup at school. It was like, it was my thing. But yeah, I wanted to be successful and I worked for Coty. And I wanted to progress like you. I yeah. wanted to progress up the ladder. I wanted to get to the next level. And anyway, they acquired the Unilever prestige business. So all promotions were put on hold. And I got on really well with our MD. And I went to her and she said, look, there's no promotions. Nothing's moving until the new teams come in and we can see which brands are going to who. Um, there's a promotion freeze. And I was like, right, I'm not saying. And mm. I left and went and got another job. And that didn't work out. It wasn't, it was property. And I, and I didn't enjoy it. And that's when I started Shillux. But yeah, like you, I was motivated by earning money I wanted to work hard yeah I remember when I was on holiday with some friends and my husband's a couple of years older than me and there were a couple of guys there who'd already started working and I was about to leave Edinburgh and I was like yeah I'm really excited to start work and you know, leave university and he's like well you're excited to leave university that's just strange you know the day-to-day has never really suited me that much I'm the exact yeah, same and he I was didn't so patronising no, no not at all he, I was just so hungry to get yeah, going same. and he was so patronising I've never forgotten it and he now lives around the corner <laughs> and I'm like I know, you, I know who you are <laughs> um, no I'm I, the same I used to try and find marketing decisions or you know office roles alongside uni I would yeah. go home during the summer I'd stay in Bristol and work a full time job because mm. I just was so keen yeah. to get out and get yeah. a career yeah me too I worked in a call centre when I was at Edinburgh <laughs> I worked in a lost and stolen I was just motivated by earning money yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I worked in a lost and stolen credit card call centre oh my gosh and I used to drive to a business park from Newtown Edinburgh where I lived I used to drive out at like ridiculous times of night and my husband at the time had been posted to New York and I was going out to stay with him and I wanted to shop, shop. And I was like, right, I've got to earn this money, shop. So I did, all I did was go to my lectures and go to this business park and people used to answer the phone. So they'd call up really upset and they'd be like, you're really posh, why are you working <laughs> in a call centre? And I used to have these conversations. I'd be like, no, no. And we, and we used to be 
we used to have to do a certain amount of calls and people used to really want to chat to me on the phone it's so funny <laughs> we wrote a piece on music gigs book in June were there anyone here that stood out for you that you'd love to go to other than Robbie Williams of course <laughs> apparently Take That was amazing oh yeah and weren't you saying that they aired it in cinemas so yeah. they streamed it so my parents went to this and said it was completely brilliant but they streamed it and you can do this with opera and ballet and things quite a lot now but they streamed it in 600 cinemas around the world mm. so you could buy a ticket I don't know I think it was like 20 quid so it's a bit more than your average ticket and how clever of Take That because that's a whole new revenue yeah. stream they don't want to cannibalise the sales because they're not going to not go to the cinema because but also, you're not going to not book a ticket because you can see it at the cinema the, mm. I just found that this out the other day I had dinner with a girlfriend last week and she went to the actual O2 gig that Taylor right. did and it was it's basically this yearly thing that O2 do for their um, employees it's like a like a reward yeah, thing yeah like a reward thing so you can't she got to go with someone who works for O2 but you can't just buy like oh. Joe Box couldn't buy those tickets so it's even more clever of take that because what tickets for the concerts yeah oh. it wasn't like a concert concert how did my friend go she must have known someone that works for O2 do you know it's funny you say that because I did think well how have take that come along and promoted a date <laughs> and we've not known we've about, not heard yeah. anything about so that it. is clever also it's a one-off so I guess you invest in quite a lot to get the performance mm. you know there's, there's quite a lot of prep like I imagine doing one night versus seven exactly yeah. yeah you know the production that goes into one night and the return on your investment is obviously so much smaller yeah, yeah so to add the cinema anyway my dad said it was brilliant he said they snuck a bottle of wine and probably two knowing them <laughs> <laughs> snuck some wine into the cinema he said everyone was dancing in the cinema they were oh, hilarious so and clapping in between the songs and anyway, I think that's such a great idea yeah I think that's cool anyway take that and not on this list Robbie Williams yeah well the one on here is Secret Garden Party isn't it yeah I'd love to get to it do you still get tickets to Secret Garden Party I think there's sort of a t- well when we wrote this tickets were still available I've been twice it's really fun I went for I went for a hen do which actually turned out to be a hen don't because the wedding never went ahead oh, wow. but it was still so much fun I just oh, went with like no. some of my closest girlfriends and it was really fun and the weather was amazing mm. hopefully not because of anything that happened at Secret Garden Party no no, no it actually so the end of it was before we went to Secret Garden Party but we all had tickets so oh, we were I like see. well we're not going to not go yeah, yeah. So. And it, what's so different about it from other festivals? So it's completely independent. There's no sponsorship. So they are in, completely in control of everything from like the visuals. Like It looks like a magical land. Like It's amazing. Mm. The bands aren't... They don't have as top headliners mm. as, like, say, Glastonbury and stuff like that just because they don't have as much money. But it's just really fun, really nice crowd. There's no, like, bolshy people. Or... Yeah, I've yeah. heard it's really good. I've heard it's a bit more grown up. Is that not... It is a bit more... The demographic's a bit older. Yeah, a bit more grown up. Especially the first... So I went... I mean, not like Wilderness. That's the one. <laughs> really grown up isn't it no it's like it's kind of just below that I would say but the, so the first time I went was a few years ago and it did feel very much like that and then a group of us went last year and it did feel a little bit younger and I feel mm. like there was way more people there because it got a lot more popular but this but, is the last year so you oh really? it got more popular but I think that's yeah sadly this marks the last ever secret garden party as you know it yeah. okay so fingers crossed it might yeah. move to another venue soon is that what everyone's saying yeah I think they'll just do something else call it something else but it will be the same same people behind it Anyway, 20 to the 23rd of July. That sounds fun. I'd love to do that. Me too. Yeah, really fun. What's anyone been up to in the last week or so? Oh, I don't know what I've been up to. I've been to Cobox, Astrid. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, I know. So now you're probably the only person who this. <laughs> I was with you, but now I've been... What did you think? And it was really good. I made a slight error, shall we say, because I had a personal training session that morning. And I do quite a lot of weight training and a bit mixed with kind of hit. And I thought Co-Box was just boxing. So I'd already done, you know, my weights and my press-ups and whatever else. 
and then I got there and it was a circuit one so you do yeah. eight minutes of circuits and then eight minutes of boxing and then eight minutes of circuits eight minutes of boxing but it was cool I hurt the next day which was good but I don't know if that was cobalt or that was because I'd done PT and cobalt yeah you can't tell in yeah. the same day but it was fun and I was really worried I wouldn't know what I was doing and that everyone was so good now because cobalt has been such a thing for so long but I picked it up quite quickly did you walked out. he was like you did really well I was like thanks <laughs> it was a newbie I heard come out and he said well done he didn't give her quite as much praise okay so Ah, okay, so it's a nice thing to go to, like, as a duo, I think. Yeah, Sam and I have been a few times together. Yeah, Yeah, I just think also when you haven't been before, you just feel such a lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're like, can all the new people come in now? (laughs) It's like cringe, yeah, that's me. (laughs) But, um, and we were quite exposed, we were quite the front. She was like, yeah, we were kind of in front of everyone. But oh, it was I good. It. I would definitely go back. I love it. If I could afford to do it four times a week, I would. But unfortunately, Jeez, I can't. pay to get to, though. <laughs> I'd rather go to four classes that are really, you know, high power or results driven than spend half an hour every single day in a local gym motivating myself. Yeah. I'm yeah. just I'm so bad right. at motivating myself. Yeah. So I love it for that. But, I mean, it's just so expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. Although the... the I think I paid 25 quid for my first two classes. Yes. And that includes... The wraps. Wraps. Yeah. What about you two? Anything you've been up to in this amazing weather? I've got to know. It was just so amazing at the weekend. Just did what everyone else did and had a barbecue. Yeah, just sitting outside with... So nice. Yeah, it's just so nice, isn't it? My dad said, he was like, I'm bored of everyone complaining. (laughs) He's like, how often do we get this weather? I was like, yeah, you're so right. (laughs) You don't have to get on the tube in the morning. The tube is rank, but... I was thinking that last night when Everything we were on the terrace, day. we kept saying, oh, it's too hot, it's too <laughs> hot. And we're like, no, come on, embrace it. But it is hard to be in this heat without a swimming pool, I have mm-hmm. to say. Like, you just want it to is. dive into it. We've got a paddling pool in the garden. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> quite appealing. <laughs> Anything else you've been up to? It wasn't the weekend, but last week I went to the new Ivy City garden. Oh. So they are just killing it right now. Well, yes, I went to the Ivy Wimbledon. Yeah. Is it a cafe then, the city one? Um, it's more like a brasserie. I think the, the menu's probably very similar. Um, it's like the Chelsea. Yeah, it's the same. So, yeah, yeah a cafe, I think. Do um, they call it a cafe? No, maybe they do. They called the first one that they opened the ca- Ivy Cafe. And the interiors are exactly the same? Um, pretty much. They do have, they didn't have it open, but they have a retractable roof. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool. cool. I don't know, it was a really hot evening, so I don't know why they didn't have it open. But And that's, that's in really the city? Cool. In the city, yeah. And it was there's so set. much opening in the city with the yeah, Ned. Where did yeah. we go the other night? Where did we go for our team drinks before we went to the Ned? Oh, we went to, oh, is that Brazilian? Place, isn't it? Koya. Koya, yeah. that was cool. But no, it was really cool. It was really busy, really nice vibe, staff were lovely, food was good. And that brings us on to the expert guide to rose wines, which was initiated by the Aldi Cote Provence. Yep, so it's been released that Aldi's six quid rose came out tops in a taster. Of one of the best affordable wines in the world. But it's a it's a Cote Provence that's so really pale. Yeah, really pale. I Googled the bottle just before we came into the podcast and definitely had it. I recognise the bottle. Really? So you yeah. must be able to get it. And in it's places. really pale. Not as pale as some. Oh, okay. But still pale. I mean, it's still... See, that to me is just the biggest... We went to some people for lunch on Sunday and they got the rosé out and we were like, do you want rosé or white? And then I saw the bottle and I was like, that's Ribena. I'll have white, please. Oh, it was, I, was I mean, it wasn't on Ribena level. It was... It's still like a real blush pale. Because I think that's the... Actually, my stepmom said the other day and I was, I was like, God, you've got such a good point. She was like, I just don't see the point in spending money. She's like, I get nice wine. I just don't see the point in spending money on rosé. As long as it's a Cote de Provence and it's... Mm-hmm. Pale, then it's gonna taste good. And actually, we've—I had some girls in for drinks the other night, and three of them turned up with bottles of rosé. And there was a bottle of Miraval, which is obviously Brad and Angelina's. Yeah, if that's been reduced anyway. Brad and Angelina's. <laughs> I don't rose. think it's in here. It's still quite expensive. And then there was, someone bought Chateau Liobe, which is the or Louvre, however you pronounce it, which is the Bamford. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Rose. Yeah. And someone bought the what's it called Mirabeau, I think. 
Yeah, and we got really into Le Petit Chat, which is six quid from Waitrose. And I honestly think if you blind tested everybody and you had Miraval against Le Petit Chat, I haven't tried the Aldi, so I don't know, you just would not be able to tell the difference. I think so too. I think all the pale rosés are all of them that ilk. They do taste fairly similar. Mm, yeah. I mean, the only thing that we buy, which I think is, we also buy the um, Bougonet, the, is it Chateau Bougonet, whatever it's called, which is also Waitrose quite often have it on offer. But we often buy the X, you know, the AIX, oh, yeah, because you can yeah. get it in Magnums. Yeah. And actually, it's a really nice thing to take someone, if you go to dinner, yeah. mm. instead of taking two bottles of wine, you can take a Magnum, and it's 20 quid. And it's kind of, it just seems like a really nice gift, I think, it if you does. turn yeah, up to really dinner. Nice. It's a bit more celebratory, isn't Yeah, it? it is. We should do an office rosé taste test. I'd oh, be I'd really interested to see if anyone could pick out. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, if anyone could pick it out, I bet they can't. We did a piece with W and W, who are a brilliant jewellers, actually. They have a showroom on Webb's Road, which is just behind Northcote Road. And they're really amazing because you can honestly go to them with a family stone or you can go to them with a two grand budget for an engagement ring or a 20 grand budget or god even more and they will help you design something bespoke um, and I actually know the guy who owns the business and he's a real gent he's a bit of a love joy he is great and this was a piece on designing a bespoke engagement ring and it's something that I always get asked where to go to so I design my engagement ring um, oh, did you? Yeah. So how did Joan Z propose to you with a ring? Yeah, with a River Island ring <laughs> and an accessorised ring. And you got to pick. One was broken, he'd carried it around in his pocket skiing for so long <laughs> and it snapped. So there were two. He's like, I just wanted this one to go in here, so I've still got them. One snapped and one's not. Aww. And I mean, they're rank. I was like, if you had a bunny, a fake ring, I mean, he's made it big. <laughs> yeah, real blingy um, one. Well, some people are different. Sorry, aren't they? but I think that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fine. And you're going to wear that on your finger for the rest of your life. Like, I think. You want something you love. Totally. Anyway, so, yeah, I was always like, I wanted to design it. But I did want something quite big. I've got quite big hands, and I don't really suit really dainty jewellery on my hand. And I just thought there were ways you could be clever. So I designed it and went to this guy who, yeah, who made it for me. And I just think it's, I, I think you can be quite clever. My sister-in-law has got the most beautiful ring and it's got a stone in the middle, which is a nice size, but it's not massive. But then she has um, sort of halo, two halo rings of oh, diamonds really around it. And, you know, it wasn't silly money, mm. but it's beautiful. Yeah. And she's got that ring because she made it bespoke. I think people often think that bespoke's expensive. Do you think, when you hear bespoke, do you think expensive? Yeah, I definitely, when I read the headline to this story, thought, oh God, that's definitely never going to be in my price range. But yeah, it says here 2000 to 25000 So it just depends. If you want it bigger, maybe you go for, I assume, I don't know, that rings, slightly less spenny diamonds. Or yeah, because there's so something called the five Cs. Is it four Cs or five Cs? Colour, carrot, clarity, or cost. Is there another? Maybe it's the maybe four it's, Cs. I think it's four. But I would love a unique bespoke ring that no one else had was something yeah. I would absolutely cherish the thing I the thing I think is really lovely about this is if you have an old family ring and if you want to keep those stones and have that personal touch you can do it in a modern way yeah, yeah. I think you're so right and often people will, someone in someone's family will say well you can have this ring and in fact my greatest girlfriend she's kind of case in point there was a ring in the family and it, it was a very dated setting mm-hmm. and also settings um, the metal um, wears down so it can get quite thin and it can snap 
Um, but anyway, she was given this ring and they just took all the stones out and then she designed something way more modern. And a lot of people go, well, I don't want the family ring because I don't really like it. Like but actually, it, the yeah. stones, stones are stones mm. quite often and, and then you can make them look amazing. Do you think some people will be offended by that, family members? I think there are ways to be... To um, approach it. Yes. <laughs> to be polite. It's a little bit big for me or the setting's a bit warm, yeah. which is really disappointing. So we're just going to have to... Start again. <laughs> but you've got to love it. Yeah. Although I'm half in the mindset where that I think I would just love anything that Callum picked me. I know mean, that's just so like silly and romantic. But I don't. I think I would feel guilty going to him and saying, "I want to design my own ring, by the way," because I think it would take away from him. Like I think he'd actually be really excited to pick a ring out. Yeah. And some men get it really right. Yeah. But... I think James would be like that. So yeah. He's quite of an old romantic. Mm. But I have told him that he can only ask certain friends. Yes, that's yes, okay. That's good. Yeah, that, that is... I hope my friends aren't listening. Actually, I have to tell you, I don't know if you were actually Lux in these days, but there was a guy who emailed me, this is a few years ago, quite a few years ago, and he emailed me and said, I wonder if you can help me, my girlfriend is a mad sheer Lux reader, and I want to propose. I was like, God, you're letting me into the circle of trust, because like, I want to propose, and I just know, she said, whenever it gets to Christmas or a birthday, all she does is tell me to go on sheer Lux. <laughs> he was like, could you help me? Me. Anyway, so I put him in touch with a couple of people, but he really sweetly emailed me and he was like, she loves it. And I sent him oh. pictures. I know mean, I got probably a bit too involved. I sort of slightly dreamed of being a jewelry designer. But anyway. Oh, I'd love it if they had invited you to the wedding. Oh my <laughs> god. I know, I've never met you, but anyway, <laughs> when he emailed me, I knew and he told me her name. I knew, I re- recognized her name just from, I don't know whether it was commenting on our features. Oh, sure, because okay. she's kind of highly yeah. engaged. So she's a, yeah. Yeah, a really engaged That's really nice. That is lovely. Anyway, if people are looking to design something bespoke, then I highly recommend chatting to Dickie. Dickie <laughs> at Warrender and Warrender um, on Webster Road. Let's talk some beauty. Micro-needling. Astrid, you've done it, haven't you? I keep... Yeah. People are talking about it more and more, I think. Well, I had it, like, it was probably going on six years ago. Oh, right. So it wasn't very old. I was probably a bit young to have micro-needling done. Yeah. But... I'll give everything a go. <laughs> so, yes. so basically they, what I had was a peel and then they did microneedling after that um, to kind of stimulate. Mm-hmm. To let all the yeah. stuff in. Exactly, to get onto into a deeper level um, of the skin. Mm-hmm. So just to, just to explain what microneedling is, it's a treatment where you, a device for tiny needles is pushed or rolled all over your face, right? Exactly. And it makes little punctures in the skin. Yeah. Which, which stimulates the collagen, correct? Exactly. Um, and it can help with anything from acne scarring to pigmentation, um, fine lines and wrinkles, to just like overall surface of your skin. I'm really behind this treatment. I think it's amazing. I'm not for the pampering, go and relax, have roses put on your face. Mm-hmm. Kind of yes, facials. lovely, but you're not going to get results. Exactly. Are you? And this does hurt. I mean, there were tears rolling down my face. Well, but I was like, I'm really sorry I'm crying. She was like, don't worry, everyone. Happens all the time. Oh, did she? Yeah. That's the same. I wasn't like sobbing, Did you bleed? But, um, there was a little bit of bleeding, yeah. Um, but the results were instant and absolutely amazing. Well, I mean, I looked about 12 years old. <laughs> um, and all the celebs get it done, mm, especially really about it. before like a big red carpet mm. or a big event. But I imagine it takes a while for it to settle down doesn't it no, no, uh, there was a tiny little bit of redness but I could go out afterwards and feel fine and are you allowed to put makeup and things on top because obviously you're exposing your skin you shouldn't put makeup on top but there are some mineral makeups um, Oxygenetics is the brand that all these kind of hardcore um, therapists use yeah. um, and that's absolutely yeah, fine yeah mineral they always say don't yeah, they that's absolutely fine to put on your skin afterwards I guess because um, it just sits on top and doesn't seep in exactly and it's all natural um, and it's quite 
healing. The only thing you can't do is go in the sun. So it's oh, right. probably it's not great to get it done yeah, like in the summer today. <laughs> I'd be so keen to get something like this done. I also think that I would love the pain. Is that really bad to say? I just <laughs> think I'd enjoy tattoos? it. No, no tattoos. But I'm so, I like. Oh, yeah. I do like painful beauty. Because you know it's You feel it's doing something. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sort yeah. of with you on that. Although I had a peel yesterday and she went a bit a bit harder this time and it, it's just itched before and it itched for a while and then it started to really sting and I was like okay Amy get it come off now it's really stinging it started to like slightly burn I mean it was manageable I wasn't screaming yeah but and it's supposed to do that isn't it yeah, yeah that when I had this done the micro um, needling it did that as well and it, it was the first time I'd had this kind of treatment before and it is a bit unnerving mm. like oh my god is my face going to be red raw afterwards yeah. agreed but this, this so this was peel number four I'm having six and it's the first time I mean my skin's looked glowing afterwards but it was a bit more it was a bit more hardcore, so it's stronger, the, the acid that she put into it. And my skin, it was really, really glowing afterwards. Like, yeah. it was the first time I noticed a really instant difference. So I think, you, yeah, you do have to suffer, don't you? Yeah. Just well, Mai, we need to get you. We need to get you in the microneedling bed. Please do. It does say that um, typically four to six treatments. It does say that four to six treatments will, will get you the best results. Yeah. Probably like all these things, it's not really a one-off thing. But yeah, lots of people seem to rave about it. Yeah, I, I really rave about. Don't it. do it at home. That's what they say. Fight the myriad devices available. Um, on the market it really should be done by somebody trained I think that's one to leave to the experts uh, talking of experts we interviewed the iconic Mary Greenwell on her rules and insider tips um, anything there that stood out to you two for me I'm seeing this pop up all over the place and I wasn't sure if it was a fad but Japanese skincare mm. um, it's sort of like the new we were all mad about Korean skincare, weren't we? And now it's moving on to Japanese. Are they not the same thing though, Korean and Japanese? I think they're being classified as separate trends, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I don't. There's probably lots of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like masks and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it would be interesting to know whether she would sort of lump them into the same bracket. Yeah, it would. I mean, I think what's interesting is, like you said, it does seem a bit of an Instagram sensation. All these Japanese products, but or Korean products, but they do seem to deliver, don't they? Yeah. She says, um, she speaks about Japanese skincare and brushes, and I know that the Japanese are really hot on their brushes. Oh, really? You can literally go to stores with rows and rows of brushes really? in Japan, yeah. The other thing that I thought was quite interesting was Tata Harper, because I keep seeing this everywhere on Instagram. I feel, I feel like we should do a story on them, because everyone's raving about them. Well, it's a brand. It's a brand, they're natural, I think they might be organic. Organic, I think, um, yeah. They're sold on their supporter. It's quite high-end, but it's... Oh, is it skincare or makeup? Skincare. But yeah, everyone's talking about them. And the other thing I thought was really interesting, we asked her, uh, what beauty products can you afford to buy cheaply? And she said powders are the easiest to get away with. Blushes, mm-hmm. bronzers and eyeshadows don't have to be expensive to be good. Which is interesting because some of the most highly rated bronzers on the market are the really expensive ones. Yeah, like you love the Marc Jacobs one, don't you? Yeah, and Victoria Beckham. Chanel. Although that does tie up with what Amanda Harrington said. I mean, she said the same. She was like, you know, spend money on your base, but powders don't go off, eh? And yeah, she likes blushes. We asked her what blushes she would advise, and she was like, anything. Just if you like the colour kind of yeah, thing, yeah. 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 And it's also nice that she said throughout the whole piece, she was sort of saying, oh, it varies, you know, from Nivea to Sicily. It's quite nice that she's not going for everything that is really expensive. Mm, she obviously yeah. rates some of the high street stuff too, which is good. And she mentioned my favourite tinted moisturiser, Laura Mercier, which I'd be lost without. Never tried it. And light coverage, a cushion foundation. So I always wonder whether that's just a bit of sort of gimmick in Same. the next bad, yeah, but stage of foundations, but. I thought, oh, I should give them a bit more of a chance. Let's talk fashion. There's a few things we've done that I thought were worth a mention. First of all, boho jackets. This year's crop of embroidered tassel jackets is making it easier than ever to style 
the boho trend. I love that you can take one of these boho jackets and just wear them with denim and a white t-shirt. Yeah. Mm. If it's not quite you, that's it's just an easy way to do it, isn't it? Completely. It's kind of getting that Vita Kin look for well, A, a lot less and B, a little bit safer. Yeah. yeah, and also feeling like you're trying not to be someone that you're not. Yeah. I think to go head to toe in a sort of boho dress is quite a departure. It's quite a statement, but, isn't it? Yeah, lots of people's sort of everyday look. But this is just, if you're somebody who wears a jacket, it's just kind of the modern way yeah. to wear it. And I have to mention the free people jacket, which is... <laughs> so good. Reduced from 148 now to 100, and we had our big B2B digital conference last week. And the girl, um, Astrid from Free People, that came, she's like the marketing manager. Oh, was she, she wearing was wearing it, and I was like, oh. She walked in, and I was like, that's the girl from Free People. I need someone from People People was coming. And God, what a brilliant brand. I just adore that brand. I still feel yeah, like it's too. not that well known here. No, I don't think it's either. They're so good, though. Amazing. They've got some stunning. Some really beautiful. Mm. It's not all super, super boho. I mean, there's just some beautiful, sort of ethereal, floaty dresses. Yeah, simple dresses, but but really show stopping. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, there was some gorgeous. The Bershka um, jacket with embroidery I thought was lovely. Obviously, Zara have got a few that are really worth a look. I also think this look is quite ageless. Mm. Like, yes. 20 year olds, 30 year olds, but then up until like 60. Plus yeah, you could be just quite a cool yeah. mum, couldn't you, in, in denim and a white t shirt? No, yeah. you're so right, I agree. We also did a piece on occasion skirts for summer. I have to say, I was so impressed by Coast's range of skirts. Me too. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, all the ones in the edit that for me really stand out are the Coast ones. Me too. That's the, all the ones I've circled on our list here mm-hmm. are Coast. Yeah, so look at Coast. There's some lovely sort of asymmetrical, there was a pleated skirt with a sort of black bottom and a blush top. That was my favourite. Um, that was gorgeous and a really nice metallic. It's funny, isn't it? It's that kind of bias cut that's coming back a little yeah. bit. That's quite ghost. But that was gorgeous. And yeah, I just think that sort of satin look is really lovely. And obviously anything needle and thread-esque, cool yeah. and long, is really lovely. I just think, you know, you buy a dress and there's only so many places you can wear it. I love that you can take a skirt and... Exactly, when you, you can wear it to a wedding, but then you can also just throw it on with a t-shirt. And and it as well. yeah. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Anyway, I was really impressed by Coast's selection of skirts. We also featured palazzo pants. I feel like I'm really banging the drum for <laughs> palazzo pants. But especially in weather like this, what a nice thing to yeah. wear. I love this look. I'm on the hunt for a good pair. Me too. I'm yet to find a pair I've fallen in love with, but everyone seems to be styling it so well. Well, yeah. I think Massimo Duty you've got to look at for great palazzo pants. And those um, Hoss and Tropia ones in that gorgeous, like, candy pink shade. They, they are, so are good. lovely. And actually, men- you mentioned Hoss and Tropia. Actually, it's now rebranded as Entropia. But I think Sorry. for us, that's probably been one of our biggest discoveries, hasn't it, this yeah. It was just, I mean, I've always known about the brand for the last few years, but never really kind of thought of it, or it was never really on my go-to. Well, it's rebranded as Entropia. I don't know whether it's this season or not, but it is honestly the most stunning, stunning collection, isn't it? Gorgeous stuff. If you're after something for an amazing holiday or wedding, I mean, that's the place to go. It's completely beautiful, and Charlotte did an edit, I feel like it was a couple of months ago now, and I remember opening the file to look over it and being like, I mean, every piece in here is really incredible. And I actually went into the store, so there's a store at Duke of York Square. Well, not Duke of York Square, there's a store opposite Peter Jones oh, yeah. at Stone mm-hmm. Square. And I actually was a bit underwhelmed by the range that they had in the store. So I would say, if you like the look of it, their website's got a lot more to offer. And their sale is on now, and it's Ooh, nice. really good, because it's not cheap. No, it's quite expensive. It's, it's more... sort of whistles prices, yeah. isn't it? And maybe a tiny bit more. But, you know, a really nice black, I pulled up pussy 
rainbow blush blouse with some little silver stars on. I think that was 120 or something. So really worth checking out on sale. It's interesting you say that about in-store being a little bit lacklustre because I found another brand and other stories. I love all their stuff online, but I've been to now three of their London stores and I've never have fallen in love with anything in there. It's so interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit like they stock it differently. Yeah. But I think that's an H&M brand, isn't it? I mean, isn't H&M exactly the same? I just find their stores the most appealing customer yeah. experience. They but their have, website, I think, is great. Yeah, it's really different, isn't it? They have that one floor in the Oxford Circus H&M, which is amazing. Oh, yeah, that floor's really yeah. yeah, It's probably good at 11am on a Monday morning or <laughs> yeah. Tuesday morning when they've had new deliveries. Yeah. And perhaps not straight after the weekend. But no, you're right, it's, it's often like that, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and finally, I'm going to get in trouble for talking about this on the podcast. <laughs> Someone said, I think you talk about it's so expensive. Well, Chloe's Lauren Pumps are expensive and they're not new but they are real classics and there are some amazing colours for summer again something to look out for in the sale my Teresa which is um, like a netaporte if people don't know it they have an amazing selection as do matches and some really amazing bright shades haven't they mm, yeah they do um, pink and mint and blue but I have these in black and yeah they're not they're about £300 now I know it's a lot. <laughs> I think they might be more than that now. Do you think? I, I do think they're lovely, good. but I just could never justify it. I just couldn't. No, I know, I know. I know it's a lot. <laughs> All I will say is I probably wear mine every other day. Not quite. <laughs> and I also think they are flats that go with everything. Like You could mm. put them with denim cut-offs, and I think actually Sincerely Jules amazing blogger she's one of hers she wears them the whole time she, she does. loves them and, but you could wear it with a really bohemian floral maxi you could wear them with denim cutoffs. you could wear them with a pair of white trousers I mean I, I do think they are <laughs> so if you divide the cost by amount of times you've worn them you think they're a bargain I think I'm making money <laughs> So that's it for this week. If you have any feedback, then do email podcast at sheerlux.com. And if you enjoyed that, then do please subscribe and review us on iTunes. See you next week. Bye.